Radio, a Pokemon podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Kapiser. Um, First and foremost, let me get this out of the way. This audio quality that you're hearing right now, not the audio quality for the whole episode, just the intro. It's going to sound a lot better in a couple minutes, so don't turn it off. This, of course, is a fan-made podcast. No Onis. I don't own the intellectual property of Pokemon. That's all Nintendo, Game Freak, uh, all those dudes. So, if you've been listening to Self Radio, you may have noticed that episodes really haven't been coming out that often. I haven't been able to get a new one up in a couple months, and before that, it was like almost a year, I think. We are working on a few more. We've got a Team Rocket one coming up very soon, and a few other episodes in the pipeline. But to hold you guys off, I threw together a little something different this time. Some of you may or may not know that I do another podcast. It's a weekly podcast, and that one actually does come out regularly. It's called Fairpoint. It's comedic, but it's also information-based. Very similar to this podcast, except we're not confined to Pokemon discussion. I do that podcast with uh, Craig Lewis. He's the clueless dude that did the Charmander episode with me. Since that time, he's actually played a lot more Pokemon, is a lot more familiar with the material, and is definitely going to be coming back to do another self-radio episode real soon. This past week, our topic for Fairpoint was the Nintendo Game Boy. Now, this topic seems tailor-made for Self Radio. I really wanted to make sure that the Self fans heard it. And, hey, easy opportunity to promote my other podcast. So, this is basically an abridged version of that Game Boy episode that we did. If you want to hear the whole thing, just go download the Fairpoint episode. There's a whole extended news section and whatnot in it. It's probably about twice as long as what you're about to hear here. But we've got pretty much everything that has to do with the Game Boy all condensed down and ready for presentation here for the Pokemon fans. So this episode won't be as Pokemon-centric. You're going to learn about Gunpei Yokoi, the guy who invented the Game Boy. You're going to learn about all the different types of Game Boys that have come out, the conception, birth, storied life, and legacy of this awesome little device. So keep listening. We do have more legitimate self-radio episodes on the way. If you are already a Fairpoint listener, sorry, I guess you can skip this episode. We'll be back here with a new one for you soon. But without further ado, let's jump right into this conversation that me and Craig had about the Nintendo Game Boy. This week, we're doing the Game Boy. Yay, Game Boy! 
Game Boy, it's the best castle. Just the facts. Game Boy was a computer from the Mirror World that was sent to Videoland by King Charles to help defeat Mother Brain. He later became part of the N team, led by Captain N, but was a frequent, you know, annoyance to them because he was he was programmed to play and he just liked to play games and he was too playful for a serious lot of Yeah, it's see players, the funny like, thing is I know exactly what you're talking about, so that's awesome. Yes, that's what our episode's about, right? Not Captain N, no. It's about Game Boy. It's about the Game Boy. Oh, Game Boy versus the Game Boy. The Nintendo Game Boy? The flying system? Okay, well, have it your way. The reality or the cartoon? Game Boy is an 8-bit portable Nintendo gaming system. We all know what the fuck a Game Boy is, right? Our audience can't be that young. Actually, I don't know. Did you see any? Oh, maybe they probably on our audience. But, you know, you ever seen the videos of, like, kids responding to what a Game Boy is and, like, Hmm, what is this hunk of machinery? <laughs> yeah, Kids React is fucking brilliant on YouTube. It's it's hilarious. I had a Game Boy, the big fucking fat, clunky original fucker. Yep, me too. I got it in 1990. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mecca Craig. I got it in Nine. 1990. Game Boy was also the first video game system in space. Russian astronaut Alexander Serebrov brought it along with him. Of course he played Tetris. I actually have a quote from him. Oh, really? Yeah. It's pretty funny. He sent the Game Boy back down to Earth attached with a note. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Like 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 he sent it out of the shuttle? Yeah. To like plummet towards the Earth (laughs) like a fucking meteor? I believe it wasn't just like... Good luck, little Game Boy. Hope you make it back to Earth in times. <laughs> no, I believe he Don't shoot. Out. There are no life forms. <laughs> no, the Game Boy came back down to Earth, and it had a note attached to it from him. Uh, it was what? Oh, thank Alex- God. Otherwise, that'd be horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> it was Alexander Serberov, right? Is that the name? Yes. The astronaut. Uh, like old cosmonauts, I love sport. My particular favorites are football and swimming. During flight, in rare moments of leisure, I enjoyed playing Game Boy. End quote. And he got some free Delmonico's for saying that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you know that uh, that Game Boy with the packaging and the note actually sold in a charity auction? How much? 1200 bucks. Cool. It was just a few years ago, 2011. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, that's space history, that's American history, that's video game history. So the Game Boy was released in 1989, but let's wind it back a little bit further. Oh, how far back we going, my friend? We going to the time of the disco jab? (laughs) The man that created the Game Boy, Craig, his name is Gunpei Yokoi. Super sly foxy name. This is a dude that you we should know his name. His name should be as well known as Shigeru Miyamoto. Yeah, the, he is he's been right up there at the top of development for a lot of Nintendo. Not just Nintendo, the things that he's done for the video game world. Let me throw one at you. He created the fucking D-pad. He created the D-pad? Yeah, that's on every fucking single controller. Yeah, he uh he's a master of the D. <laughs> well, as far as the video game industry is concerned everybody wants the d because the d-pad is on every single controller if you don't know what it is it's the little cross it's 
it's like a it looks like a four way button, but it's actually an eight way directional control. Yes, D pad stands for directional pad. Good job, greatest detective in the world over here. Super. I didn't know I was sitting here with Batman. Thought he was Bruce Wayne. uh, I don't know. I'm pretty good, but I don't know if I'm Batman good. So Gunpei Yokoi and his development team, Nintendo Research and Development One, were the people that created the Game Boy. But Yokoi was originally hired by Nintendo in 1965 to man the assembly line machines that fucking made their playing cards. I don't know if you knew this about Nintendo. They used to do playing cards? Yeah, they've been around since like 1880 or something, and they were a playing card company. Right, they had Mario and Donkey Kong. No. (laughs) (laughs) Different games. I get it. Eventually they're like, we need to bring them to a a telebox. (laughs) A picture box, if you will. Oh, jeez. Maybe get them on the Jackie Gleason so in his free time, Yokoi would design toys at home. That was his hobby and his passion. His hobby? Well, of course, he's working at an assembly line. Uh, his passion is toys. Yeah, well, one day his bosses asked him, they found out about his hobby, and they asked him to design a toy for them. So he designed this little grabby arm thing, like one of those spring, like, not like a spring, but it's, it's it like compacts, kind of like the zigzag design that like you squeeze the handles and yeah, it reaches and out. Sold like crazy that holiday season. So he climbed his way up out of the assembly line. That's good. Fish don't fry in the kitchen. (laughs) Once, though, while traveling by train, he saw this bored businessman idly playing with an LCD calculator to keep his time, and inspiration hit him. What kind of inspiration was that? Because this guy was just playing with a calculator. He thought about the LCD technology and how that could be utilized on a small, lightweight device whose battery lasts an insanely long amount of time. Yeah, but he doesn't work for Casio. To make a game. No, he works for Nintendo. <laughs> he works for Nintendo. And they were really involved in toys and games. So he thought we could make something of that. So he was thinking that maybe if they did that, this businessman would buy one of these and not be so bored. Well, see, he, he has a uh, philosophy known as... Kareta Gijutsu no Suehi Shiko. Oh, yeah. Tell me about it. (laughs) Oh, he's such a sly boots. Or lateral thinking with withered technology. Basically, rather than developing new technology, work with technology that we're already really, really familiar with and find novel and innovative ways to make it fun and new. Yeah, that's real smart. I mean, brilliant. So with that ideology... He, along with Nintendo Research and Development One, created the Game & Watch, which, if you're not familiar with it, was this fold-out video game system you could wear around your wrist as a watch. Not all of them were fold-outs, but... Fair enough. It was LCD, very simple gaming, like the Tiger Electronic games, but it was, was made by say, Nintendo, so it was yeah, better quality. believe it was better quality about 10 years before Tiger Electronic games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tiger Electronic games are pieces of shit. But it, has, it uses that same like LCD type over a blank background type thing where there's already pre-rendered uh, visuals. Yeah, and that's where the character from Super Smash Brothers comes from. Mr. Gay Men Watch. Yeah, guy with... Oh, stick guy. That's what I call him in Smash Brothers, stick guy. <laughs> I call him Mr. Gay Men Watch. <laughs> but Watch what? 
So before creating the Game Boy, he also helped Shigeru Miyamoto, who that's basically the Stan Lee of Nintendo. He created Mario, Donkey Kong, Zelda, Metroid. Everything we know as Nintendo was Shigeru Miyamoto. Yeah. And or Gunpei. Uh Gunpei Yokoi worked with Miyamoto on the original Mario Brothers, not the side-scrolling game, but the one where you're just in there with the pipes and you jump on each other's heads. Yes, Mario it's like an arcade type game. Yes. With- as the little duck guys. He was also the supervisor of the original Donkey Kong arcade game. Koopas. Koopas is what I was thinking of little duck guys. They're not ducks. They're turtles. They're little duck turtles. Duck turtles. Koopa. He also worked on Metroid. They're fucking duck turtles. (laughs) And Metroids are jellyfishes. (laughs) Yes, Craig. They're duck turtles. He also worked on Zelda, Tetris. He designed Rob the robot, you know, R-O-B, the fucking Nintendo oh, robot. Oh, so that's somebody I have to blame for something. He and designed the Virtual Boy, too, he right? He later designed the Virtual Boy, which... Unfortunately. He wasn't finished developing the Virtual Boy. He didn't want it to be released. It wasn't in ready, right? The, the state it was. And they wanted to release it, and they did. And it tanked and failed horribly. Because it was terrible. Nintendo just shit all over him after that point. Like, they didn't fire him. They just didn't let him do anything anymore. Do you know he was actually planning on retiring shortly after? Which he did. He he left Nintendo. He created another game system on his own. Right, but he didn't leave right after the Virtua Boy. He decided he wasn't going to go down like that. That's when he made the Game Boy Pocket. Finally, was like, okay, I did the Game Boy yeah, Pocket. They had been working on the Game Boy Pocket for a while, too, yeah. I can leave now. And then, sadly, very shortly after that, he was fucking hit by a car. Tragically. Yeah, yeah. on the highway. He got in a, he rear-ended somebody, and when he got out of his car, he was hit by two cars. Damn. Yeah. Ah. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about the fact... What he created. That he created the Game Boy. It really was a masterpiece of early 90s technology. It is unsurprisingly sturdy. Sturdy is all hell. Did you see uh, that there's a Game Boy that was actually in war and it went through a bombing and it still works? Yeah, I saw the picture still of it. Still fucking works, man. Just, if you don't believe me, Google it. But if you really want to see it in person, just go to the Nintendo World Store in New York City. It's there on display. Tetris is playing in it. Not nobody's playing an actual game. I don't know if you can actually play it. it might turn to dust by now, but no, it it can be played. It's because it's in a it'll box. Just, it'll it's in a box radioactively case. contaminate you. I don't believe it was radioactive materials in the bombing. I think it was just a regular bomb. Now, if it survived a nuclear bomb, that would be something to talk about. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. It's not an iPod classic. <laughs> you think that could withstand? It can withstand anything. Oh yeah, you'll see. Has it been to space? You'll see. You'll see, probably. Maybe. I wouldn't go to space without one. <laughs> Do you think astronauts now are like, yep, I, I don't leave Earth without my iPod Classic? First first trip, I took my fucking shuffle. What a mistake. I got so sick of hearing those same 23 songs, songs. over and that's over. that's how you can fit on it. Nathan, I got some Game Boy trivia for you. Okay. Do you know what the most expensive Game Boy is that was ever sold in this world? Uh, twelve thousand dollars. It was the one that went to space, and there no, was that a was twelve hundred. To it, and oh, no. twelve hundred. <laughs> and no. <laughs> Do you have another answer? Forty-two. <laughs> Closer. <laughs> you are terrible at this game. Uh, it was diamond encrusted and gold plated. 
about thirty thousand dollars. God damn. That's By a who? fine ass Game Boy. Who encrusted it with diamonds? Asprey Jewelers in London. They are I don't know what they were doing. Never heard of them. They must not be important. It's probably for vanilla ice. Yo, I mean, <laughs> yo, I want you to pimp out this Game Boy, son. Uh, make it icy, you know what I'm saying? Want this icy Game Boy like cold me. as ice, cool as ice, cold as ice, smooth like silk, blang. But he stole the Game Boy. He stole the original Game Boy, then paid thirty thousand to have a diamond encrusted. It's <laughs> <laughs> like I had this Game Boy since like before Ice Ice Baby. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, the Game Boy was so popular, sold so well, even though there were a few more technically superior handheld systems. You the mean Atari like Lynx, the, the Game, Game Gear. Gear. The Lynx really wasn't that good. It, the screen was terrible. Fair enough. On the Lynx. Uh, the Game Gear was, yeah, the Game Gear was cool. But the Game Boy... <laughs> I had one of those, too. For one, it's battery power. Battery power was a crucial lasted way longer whereas you have no idea you have to go to the dmv with your mom you can't bring the game gear because you just don't have enough battery power <laughs> for the fucking dmv yeah for the dmv people know you guys know all understand craig tried craig brought his game gear along i did afterwards he just looked at his mom and he was like now i know he's like i'm so sorry i know now i know the struggle of being an adult you're you must be so bored <laughs> i'm not even talking to you <laughs> But now I have to talk to you. <laughs> Mom, my Game Gear died. See, if you had a Nintendo Game Boy, if you would have brought that instead, you wouldn't have been caught in that situation. Exactly. And it also had Nintendo developing some fucking amazing games for it. There were some great games. And for there the were Nintendo great Game games Boy. on the Game Gear, but maybe not as many on the Atari Lynx. Uh, the Game Gear is mostly just Sonic. Those are really good games. I don't know what happened to my Game Gear. I'm sure it broke, so I threw it out or something. I don't know. So the Game Boy launched with six games. That's it? Just six games? Well, a few of them were ports of Nintendo games. Like, you've got Baseball and Tennis, which... Was a port from... Oh, the NES Black Box games. Yeah. There was also Yakuman, which was not a precursor to Pokemon. Was that even released in North America? I don't know, but it, it was a Mahjong game. So nothing too Yaku- groundbreaking. No, Yakuman wasn't even released. It was only released in Japan. And then you've also got Alleyway, which was a breakout clone. You know, breakouts like Pong, but with bricks to break, where you yeah, bounce the ball. Yeah, breakout. Anybody with a graphing calculator might know about breakout. What you can do breakout on graphing calculators? Yeah. Oh yeah, I had really? that on my calculator. Yeah. What? I had that. I had Drug Wars. I had Snake. Drug Wars? Yeah. <laughs> what is that? Drug Wars? It was like a text-based game where you just like are a criminal and you buy drugs. They had that on them. a graphing calculator? Like, you had to get somebody to get it on there for you. You, know? oh. you had to know. It was like one of those games that somebody made and it got passed. <laughs> if you were found to have Drug Wars and playing it in school, you would actually get in a lot of trouble. And you'd have your graphing calculator taken away from yeah. you. I'm like, where did you get this graphing <laughs> calculator? Spencer's Gifts? <laughs> No, Staples, why do you ask? (laughs) TI-83, come on. And then one thing I like about Alleyway is according to the, you know, like cover art of the game, your paddle is a spaceship you're inside of as you bounce this giant ball back and forth in space. Unlike 
basically a 2D plane because there's this 2D right, has to be. group of bricks coming at you that you could easily just go up and over or under. <laughs> and, like, this guy's job must suck. He just has to bounce this ball back and forth and destroy Dude, bricks. are you kidding me? The fate of the galaxy depends on him. <laughs> And then there's Tetris. We all know Tetris. We all know Tetris. Oh, I don't want to get sued today. Good thing you changed it up. <laughs> and Super Mario Land. Oh, Super Mario Land. That was literally one of the, the best games ever. You think made so? For it. I do. I even liked, uh, actually, fuck it. I'm going to put it out there. I like Super Mario Land 2 better. Yeah, Super Mario Land 2 was better. It was awesome. Super Mario Land was cool. It it was weird. I spent so many hours on that game. Mario travels to Sarasa Land to rescue Princess Daisy from the alien Tatanga. Ooh, Tatanga. Nothing like other Mario games, although it was gameplay wise similar. Instead right. of fireballs, you threw like lead balls and like Yeah. It well was it's weird. lead because they were black. There was all that the whole dot. But they bounced thing. differently too. They did bounce differently. They would yeah, they would no. bounce straight up and then they would keep bouncing around the room. Yeah, that is right. Uh you flew around in a spaceship. You had all these sphinxes trying to breathe fire at you. Yeah, it was really odd. But I liked it. Fun game. Uh but in I, Super Mario Land 2, you, you got to beat up ants. I had Super Mario Land. That was in everybody's Game Boy game collection. There's at least one game that the label's been totally ripped off of. Oh, yeah? <laughs> that was Mario Land for me. Really? Yeah, I was like, oh, that's Mario Land. If people are looking, what game's this? I've never had a game that's been totally with no. the label totally ripped off. You must have seen it at Friends House. Everybody's have, game yes. collection has at least one. Yeah, where it's messed up. Don't worry, I'll fix it next time I come over and see your Nintendo collection. Most, I'll, uh, I'll rip the cover off one of them. What's the most disappointing Nintendo game you ever played? Can we get into this? I want to get into this I right now. Um, I have one specific one that always stuck out of my mind. It was one I got for my birthday and I wanted so bad. And Mario's missing. Did they make that for Game Boy? Oh, you just said Nintendo. Game oh, Boy? I meant Game Boy. Nintendo Game Boy game. There's too many to count if you're bringing in the NES into here. So what was it? Bart versus the Juggernauts. It was like the American Gladiator clone ripoff for the Simpsons. Oh, really? I never played that. Terrible. dude. And Marvin Monroe is like the commentator for some reason. You know, Dr. Marvin Monroe. Weird. Yeah, it was just it was a horrible game. It was, it was similar to uh, Bart versus the World on the NES, only you were doing like sports style death-defying mini games instead of flying through, you know, going around the world instead of just being in Springfield. I had Super Mario Land. I had Donkey Kong, which was like the arcade game, but I think it had way more levels. Like, well, it obviously had way more obviously, levels. Obviously, yeah. And it was really fun. It was one of my favorite uh, Game Boy games. So you had Donkey Kong? Yes. I also had We're Back. <laughs> Do you remember the movie We're Back? Yeah. Was I it have John that on VHS. Goodman was the T-Rex, right? Yes. Yep. It's a pretty awful terrible. video game. They're going to say movie. Terrible movie. And the video game's even worse. You run around and you throw boxes of the cereal at the bad guys that are trying to kill you. So it just makes them happy <laughs> and st- stupid. You don't actually kill them. It's so dumb. Um, I had Kirby's Dream Land, which was Did another you? great I've game. I actually never played a Kirby game in my life. They're good. They're Always not... thought he was a white guy. 
Turns out he's pink. Turns out he's a little pink puffball. Little pink. Puff I always ball. thought he was just a white guy, you know, like Bill Maher or Adam Sandler. No, no, more like Kevin James. Because <laughs> he's fat. Get it? <laughs> ah, Kevin James will get it. That's the only kind of jokes he knows how to make, anyways. I also had the, the Game Boy Tamagotchi. Which, as a fan of Virtual Pets, it was dope. You could care for three at once. There was a bunch of... <laughs> there was better graphics. There was like, all sorts of new shit you could do with I it. I got Tamagotchi in my Game Boy, son. Get on my level. <laughs> three at once. Can you do three at once? Oh, yeah. Only if you got three separate little keychains. Oh, wait. Hold on. They're sick. No, just hold on a second, man. And I also had Link's Awakening, which... Are you Ooh. into Zelda games? Uh... I, you know, I never was before. I've gotten more into them recently. In the I, past 10 years, I would say. Fucking love Link's Awakening. I think it's one of the best Zelda games. So good. Did they redo that game on the DS or the 3DS? You can get it in the store for like 2 or $3. Oh, okay. Totally worth the money. I think there are five Game Boy games that are just iconic and probably the, the best five. The, the five Game Boy games that matter. The first of them being Link's Awakening. Okay. Pokemon Red and Blue. The originals. Classic. Tetris. Of course. Classic. Super Mario Land. Still classic. And Final Fantasy Adventure. Hmm. Which Final Fantasy Adventure was a full RPG for the Game Boy, but it was actually the first Secret of Mana game. No way. But they called it Final, Final Fantasy, Fantasy Adventure, Adventure because huh? You slap Final Fantasy on there. And then it sells sells more. Yeah. Sells more than Secret of Mana. Um, That's cool. You have the one game that I remember playing and having the most fun playing. Or actually two. It's funny because they're probably not even anywhere near on your radar. But (laughs) but the two that I remember the most that I had that I loved. Because I only had a very few select amount of games. And I didn't have too much control over which games I had. Um, So obviously the terrible one was Bart versus the Juggernauts. And the two great ones were... Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Back from the Sewers. Such a fun game. I remember... So if it was actually a terrible game, uh, don't don't was bring it me a, down, man. Like side-scrolling beat-em-up? Yeah, it was up? a side-scrolling beat-em-up. Cool. And the other one was Bill and Ted's Excellent Game Boy Adventure. I had so much fun playing that. I don't know why. It was a stupid little game where all you did was teleport through the telephone box from level to level to get where you need to go and avoid uh, people from a different time era trying to kill you, walking back and forth. You know one way to avoid people from a different time era? Don't get in the fucking time machine. Well, they've they've screwed up the whole time stream. We now they're just all the over way. the place. Abraham Lincoln's shooting at you. <laughs> I mean, What the fuck? It's crazy. Sounds righteous. I got a little bit of little tidbit that you probably didn't know about the Game Boy. Do you know that... The Game Boy is actually sold by a company that wasn't Nintendo. No, what company? Hyundai. What? Yeah, because there was an embargo after World War II between uh, South Korea and Japan, so they couldn't get any imports in. So what they did was Hyundai sold the Game Boy under a different name. What? It was called the Mini Comboy. They were like, get those ducats by any means necessary. <laughs> get that ducat. Yeah, the Mini Comboy by Hyundai, the car company. <laughs> That's how South Korea gets its Game Boy fix. The dictator just one day is playing it, and he's like, oh, this is so fun. I love Mario. And this one guy's like, Mario. The, the Russian dictator of South Korea. 
I didn't say Russian. Did uh, I say Russian? No, because you were kind of started speaking in a Russian accent. Oh, I wasn't trying to. Uh, it just kind of went there. You're like, I love Mario. Oh. <laughs> Squirrel off. Mario's for making fun time. Um, and his his dude, his guard dude, is like, Mario, but Mario's only on Nintendo systems. And he's like, no, he's not. He's on this Super Hyundai <laughs> game Super convoy, mini convoy, guy, guy. And and that's how he figured it out. And he just slams his fist on the table and he's like, damn. (laughs) That's how he figured out. (laughs) I didn't create the Game Boy. (laughs) (laughs) You got to be kidding me. You're still teaching that at school, though, right? You guys are fired. (laughs) All of you are fired. I'm the dictator, Clint Howard. Damn it, Clint Howard's getting roles everywhere. He's such a tyrant. So Nintendo also released the Game Link Cable, which allowed you to link two Game Boys together. Brilliant. It would come into relevancy years later when Pokemon came out, when you could trade and battle your friends. But you could use it to play... Well, at first you could play Tetris together. Yeah, totally. And there was extra stuff that could get you to play four players in other games. Dude, did you know there is a Game Boy game... Did. That supports 16-player games. No. Yep. No. What is it? One like, game. Was this a LAN party? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> With the Game Boys? Dude, it really was. Faceball 2000. I don't know if you remember that. I, do, I remember. For some reason, I remember the cover. Yep. With the little smiley <laughs> yeah. face and the crosshairs. Yep. Yeah. That's all I remembered as well. It was originally a PC game. It was uh, FPS, first-person shooter. And you'd wander through this... 3D maze, and everyone would appear as floating smiley faces of different colors, and you'd shoot each other. So that was like the original uh, 007? Sure. (laughs) Bond. Yes. Smiley face Bond. You could play 16 player games on your Game Boys. With 16 Game Boys, and I imagine a... That could be a pretty hefty capture the flag you get going. But the, the link cable, though, I... I'm such a hardcore Pokemon trainer at heart. When I was in middle school, I would wear my link cable as a necklace. Ugh. Just in case I needed it. <laughs> Ugh. You know, I never actually <laughs> owned a link cable. I I never actually played a Pokemon's game until like 2010. This is sad for me, actually, thinking back on it. I was I felt like I was too old for it, but I don't know. Weird. Anyways, the link cable, brilliant. You know what else was brilliant? Some of the other access- accessory, <laughs> some of the other accessories that came out with Nintendo. Did you ever have uh, the Game Boy Light, the little thing you clipped onto the Game Boy that had like a little light and a magnifying glass with it? My friend did. Worst thing in the world. My friend also did not had work. the speakers that you could put on the Game Boy, so you could put the speakers on it and the light. <laughs> did <laughs> not work. Had this huge a little, and then there was another one I had that like a magnifying glass dropped down. Yeah. Did not work. <laughs> not at all. It was not good. Did you have the official Game Boy carrying case? The nope. Big plastic thing. You know what I'm talking about, though? Looks yeah. like a rectangular lunchbox almost. Okay. That's what it's, I imagined. Yeah, it's filled with a bunch of foam, and there's like a slot for like 15 Game Boy games, and then for the Game Boy itself, was and it, room for one, ex- was one it, accessory. Was it shaped like Darth Vader's head? No. Then I'm not interested. Next accessory. Damn, you cold. But then in 1994, the ultimate accessory was released, the Super Game Boy. Yeah, because 
Who didn't want to take their Game Boy games that they were playing in the cars and actually want to play them on consoles? It was awesome, dude. Especially you could play with- Tetris on a Super Nintendo. Yeah, but it was better with the ad- advent of Pokemon and stuff like that. Because I sometimes you do want to not use up four AA batteries when you're going to play Pokemon for 20 out of the 24 hours Fair in enough. a day. Oh, wow, man. <laughs> I was not allowed to stay up that late. <laughs> That's crazy, though. Did you know that the Super Game Boy is basically a Game Boy itself, just without the screen and buttons? It had all the hardware of a Game Boy, because the Super Nintendo didn't have the emulator capabilities to play Game Boy games. So it was like they plugged in a full Game Boy into the Super Nintendo. Yeah. That's crazy. That is really cool. I had one of those, and it was awesome. Actually, my first experience with the Pokemon game itself. See, Your I was first in- Pokemon experience was on a Super Game Boy? Yes. Wow. I, I was introduced to Pokemon through Nintendo Power and the internet. And I was... Get the power! I was telling all my friends, this Pokemon thing, it's going to be fucking dope. It's going to be so cool. I can't wait for this to come out in America. And they're like, yeah, whatever. It looks all right. Then it came out and they're like, oh, Pokemon, 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 Pokemon. And I like the card game. My neighbor, his parents were more likely to just buy him shit than mine were. Right. My parents definitely wouldn't just buy him shit. Right. <laughs> so you're you're like or going me. going to your friend. You're like, yo, can you get your parents to buy you this for me? No, but he calls me and he's like, dude, I got Pokemon, and I'm like, oh, grab the Super Game Boy. Went to his house. We went in the basement, played Pokemon for the first time. I'm like, word, let me make a file after you. And he's like, no, I think you only have one save file. And I was like, what? This cannot be. And of course, nowadays, I appreciate that aspect of Pokemon. But That there's only one save file? Yeah. And that it's a fucking pain in the ass to delete one if you buy a used game? Oh, here. I just have to go uh, online and find out how to delete somebody else's previous save file. Yeah, but you can go online. It's better than your little brother just erasing all your Pokemon after you've played that game for 72 hours. Fair enough. I don't have a little brother, so I wouldn't know what that's like. It happened to a lot of people. Your little brother just like, I'm going to play this Pokemon game and race it. Yeah, people. Start a new game. So the early... uh, iterations it was easy to delete the save file you just save somebody could just pick up your game start a new game save their game your game's gone oh shit i've had save files deleted on me that that sucks especially with pokemon when it became clear that people were trading over pokemon that they had been raising for almost a decade at the point you know it's like we can't let people just lose right i totally know what you're talking about i've like totally been on the ninth level of contra for the first time and my sister just shot the the tv it's not the same nintendo off not the same thing it was to me pokemon are living creatures craig moving on contra is aliens Uh, in 1995, Nintendo launched the Play It Loud campaign. Huh? Speak up! You gotta make it louder! That basically released a line of colored Game Boys. Red, green, black, yellow, white, blue, and clear. I thought the clear one was so cool when I was a kid. You could see the motherboards and yeah, the circuitry right? and the glaive. And... <laughs> in 1996, though, was the first time we actually got a new version of the Game Boy. They released the Game Boy Pocket which was a slimmer and lighter version, used less batteries. Right. Yeah, I never had any of these other Game Boy versions. I only had the original brick giant Game Boy. I I eventually got a Game Boy Color, but for a long time I did too, and people would make fun of me. Like, we were all playing Pokemon, and 
I bust out my Game Boy and they'd make fun of me. Like, you got that ancient giant brick. Ancient motherfucker. It's like three years old. Like <laughs> ancient, totally ancient technology. Get out of it. Forget about it. Forget about it. It wasn't three years old. It was like seven years old, but still. But I didn't realize that the Game Boy Color could actually do motion controls. Is capable of that. There's actually a game, oh, a Kirby really? game, uh, where you use motion controls to make him move around. It was called Kirby the Tumble, tilt. the Till okay. and Tumble. Yeah, I forgot about that. And in Japan only in 1998, they released the Game Boy Light, which was finally a Game Boy with a backlight for when you're playing in the dark. That was one of the problems oh, yeah. with the Game Boy was the screen was so dull that in certain lighting situations, so- you couldn't even see the screen. However, in 1998, all over the fucking place, they released the Game Boy camera. They released it all over. <laughs> the ca- they released the Game Boy camera all over your face. <laughs> Ow! It's made of plastic. That hurt. <laughs> The Game Boy camera, did you have one? Yes, I did. And before I had one, I used to go to Media Play and use their demo Game Boy camera. Really? Yes. I never could, used a Game you Boy could camera. Print out pictures there and stuff. <laughs> That's funny. Do you know that it was actually, at the time, the world's smallest digital camera? Yes, sir. Crazy. It was really cool, and there's so many creepy, weird Easter eggs in it. Like, nothing that we could do justice talking about on a podcast. Just really weird, creepy pictures when there's disc errors and stuff. It's cool. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, Neil Young used the Game Boy camera to make one of his album covers, actually. Silver and gold. No shit. Yeah. Silver and gold. That's interesting. What's the album cover look like? I'm not going to tell you. (laughs) You find out for yourself. Fine. Fuck you. No, it's it looks like uh you know like you said earlier you could print out pictures it was like one of those dot matrixy things yeah that's it was what just very crappy poor resolution all the photos looked like that and you could put little stamps of like Pokemon or Mario on there no but it's literally just a man with his arms folded at his hips like just staring off into the distance it's all it is but it just is done all shittily poor resolutiony but they looked cool yeah. And I got an app that can make my pictures look like a Game Boy camera did it. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. And you can also you could also play games with your face, like on the character. Like it was the first version of Mies. Oh yeah, like you could do that with the DSs now, right? Yeah, absolutely. But the ultimate Game Boy accessory was released also only in Japan, sadly, in nineteen ninety eight. The Game Boy Pocket Sonar. Did you say pocket sonar? Yes, sir, I did. An For actual fishes? sonar attachment. You put it on your Game Boy. It can locate fish up to 65 feet underwater. And it gives you this little sonar display on the Game Boy screen. That was crazy. Like... It also came with a little fishing game installed in it, too. Fucking <laughs> So while what? you're bored as fuck fishing, looking for fish, you, you can... can play a game where you're actually catching fish. But all you find is Magikarp. Oh... Oh, man, if all you need is one. Turn into a Gyarados, you're good. A little bit later in 1998, they released the Game Boy Color. Right along with the release of Pokemon Gold and Silver. Right. Now, this was the Game Boy that actually had color in it, right? Like, the it was a colored screen. Yeah. Or was it just the color of the actual game? Because the original Game Boy, it wasn't black and white. It was this pea green color. They could display three different shades of green. That was it. Right. And that was, uh, they used green because that was, the, that tested the best against the other, any other colors with the dot matrix. Oh, okay. That makes any sense. I, I it might supposedly if you played the Virtual Boy for too long, like for over an hour, when you took it off and looked right, around, you stepped into the dot matrix. No, you couldn't see the color red anymore because it was so red. 
Craig's oh, like, well, God. that's fine. I can't see the color red right now. <laughs> right? So fuck red it. Looks like fuckers know how it feels to be me now. Boy, am I. That's what must have happened. I can't see the color red now because I played the virtual boy for far too long <laughs> as a kid. But yeah, the Game Boy Color was pretty cool. To It could even, what was really cool, it could even take older Game Boy games and display them in color. What? So you could play Super Mario Land in color? Yeah, the color wasn't as good as games made for the Game Boy Color. Right, because but... I mean, this game was made without the intention of having color in it. Yeah, but it did a pretty good job. That's crazy, though. Uh, the Game Boy Color was also the first handheld to have wireless capabilities and connections. That's right. In 1998, like, people these days, kids and stuff, they don't understand what kind of a mindfuck in 1998 it was to be able to connect to the internet wirelessly. Well, it would mainly connect to each other. Or to another you one. Would, you yeah. would hold them near each other. And, and all you it could did was trade, use... And you could trade Pokemon without a link cable and stuff. But... Yeah, and all it did was use the same technology that used in remote controls. Again, lateral thinking with withered technology. But in the year 2001, we stepped into the next generation of Game Boy technology. The advanced generation. Yes. Of Game Boy. Game Boy Advanced. Aptly named. Gunpai Yakoi would be proud. Looking like a Game Gear and shit. Right? Right? <laughs> it added LNR buttons and it had technical power comparable to an SNES, which is pretty dope. Yeah, that's 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 not too bad. Not too shabby. There. She? Yeah, the Game Boy Advance was awesome. I personally loved the Game Boy Advance SP, which was a little flip-open one that came out two years later. Right, the one that kind of inspired uh, the DS look, right? Or Well, the guy that created it says he did. Oh, okay. I feel like but the Game & Watch. The Game & Watch would have been a bigger inspiration, DS, yeah. if you ask me. Yeah. But I loved my Game Boy Advance SP. I still have it, and it, it was a great... Fold flip mini Game Boy, but the Game Boy Advance was a little like wider, right? And then the yeah. SP Advance version was thinner. It was just like yeah, I'm not a fan of the original Game Boy Advance, but the SP was awesome. You're not a fan of the original Game Boy Advance? The design of it, the design of the SP was more like a Game Boy, I guess. Yeah. They also released in 2005 this tiny, tiny little Game Boy Micro. It was like oh, I wasn't done. With a tiny Game Boy. Game Boy. This is it's, it is a Game Boy Advance. Okay, so I think we're good. It was literally like a tiny little Game Boy. It was little a Game mini Boy Game Advance. Boy. Little mini Game Boy. Cute little mini Game Boy. Yeah, dude, it is tiny. I didn't even know this thing existed. How it's, tiny is it, dude? Like uh, 1.5 times as big as a Game Boy Advance game. I think. <laughs> I don't the game. know. It's, it's, yeah. it's smaller than the actual game. The no. Game Boy Advance game is actually bigger than... I said 1.5 times as big. Oh, okay. So it would be like 50% bigger. Just a bigger. little bit bigger? Yeah. There was a few accessories for the Game Boy Advance that had come out. And some of them were really cool. And I had no idea that they had ever been released. And some were kind of weird. Like, uh, did you see when the e-reader came out? Yes. It was this thing that was basically the same size as the Game Boy itself. <laughs> It was like a little card swiping thing. If that had e-reader cards, you would buy, which would be different new levels for a certain game or new characters or whatever, and you swipe it through, you need to have two Game Boy Advances linked together with the game and the other Game Boy, and uh, it would put whatever you're swiping through into the game. So it was kind of a pain in the ass to do. You need two Game Boys with a, with a link cable, along with this $100 e-reader, and then these separate cards you buy. So it's a little much to take in, but that's a cool... Cool notion and idea. I mean, fucking A, the e-reader. The future is 12 years ago. You, I mean, can you imagine just having having a card and swiping it through uh, your Xbox to 
you know what? Never mind. You could just do that without the card. You could just go onto the Xbox Live store and just buy stuff. Never mind. No. Just go to the Nintendo store and buy things. The, X- you don't have to... the Xbox One will just read your mind automatically and do it for you. Can't wait for that to happen. The Kinect is always listening, Craig. The do not... The doctrination is going to begin soon. Yeah, right. The Connect is dead, dude. Don't you know? The Connect is dead. That's Yay. what it wants you to think. But um, that was a dumb little thing, I think. What wasn't a dumb little thing that was really cool that Nintendo did to help promote health, uh, they released the Gluco Boy. Did you ever hear about that? What was this? A, a, a gluten-free Game Boy? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It was even cooler. It was a a, glu- a blood glucose level tester. Oh, okay. That you would plug, you would put it into the Game Boy Advanced, uh, right into the game slot, and you know, if kids with diabetes and stuff, they would they would test their blood glucose levels, and they were actually fairly accurate with the testing. And they gave you kind of rewards with uh, if you had good blood glucose levels, you would get uh, gluco points. And you could redeem them by unlocking different and new games in, within the Gluco Boy. And if you didn't have blood glucose levels... It would be like, you are dying. You, you are a loser. You are dying. <laughs> Get away from here. Stop eating sugar. Maybe you come back. Maybe you have a few more points. Maybe we'll let you unlock a game. Yeah, I think it really helped with the fighting the spread of diabetes. Awesome. And there's one more thing before we duck out of here. The Game Boy was so famous and so beloved that, like many public figures, it got its own comic series. Oh, my beloved Game Boy. Game Boy comics. Just like Mr. T. I'm not even kidding. I have one of them. So was it comics that were about the adventures in different Game Boy games that were happening? Nope. Or was it like an actual Game Boy? It was about was a the Game Boy. Character. It was about real people in the real world that designed games or that had a Game Boy and whatever. Living versions of the characters from the Game Boy games. Oh, okay. So like would Captain come N. out of the Game Boy. Like a, a little tiny mini version of Tatanga, the evil space mutant that Mario fights right. in Super Mario Land. And all his minions like flooded out and terrorized like this game developer. And Did you ever wonder why that never happened to you? I have I think I have one where Mario's in space. Or no, no, I have the one with the game developer and I and in the back of it it says next issue and it shows the Game Boy in space because it was the first system brought to space and Mario Mario comes out and helps the astronauts or something. So yeah, the Game Boy. What a great, awesome little iPod looking piece of technology. (laughs) That gets it points in my book. It it looks like an iPod. The iPod doesn't look it looks trustworthy. What can I say? I don't judge a book by its cover, but you look at it and you're like, yeah, it looks trustworthy. It reminds me of somebody (laughs) I, I used to know. And that was our Game Boy episode. If you enjoyed it, please go check out Fairpoint Podcast. I guarantee there's more topics there you'll like. I mean, hell, in this very episode, on the full episode on Fairpoint, we talk about a nine-foot-tall crocodile that walked on its hind legs. If you're into Pokemon and you're not into that, who the fuck are you? For more updates about new Sylph Radio... Go like us on Facebook, Sylph Radio Podcast. For more updates about Fairpoint, go like us on Facebook, Fairpoint Podcast. Or just do it to give us a confidence boost. You know, I could really use the confidence boost, and it helps keep this podcast going because we don't make shit off this, son. Wherever you're listening to this, whether you're downloading, streaming, whatever, please subscribe. There's got to be a subscribe button. That way you won't miss the next episode of Sylph Radio. 
Team Rocket, we've got Justin Addison coming back on, good friend of mine. You can hear him on the Squirtle episode. And next week on Fairpoint, we're talking about Pi. Yeah, 3.1415 what the fuck ever. So, as always, thanks for listening. I will talk to you next time. From the Secret Room, I'm Nathan Kapiser. Enjoy your fucking week. 